Welcome to the Rap Race to Five podcast, where we discuss money, mindset, real estate investing, and ways to achieve financial independence. Whether you are a rookie or a veteran needing new ideas for investing or creating side hustles, you're in the right place. Here to challenge you to think out of the box, your hosts, Felipe Mejia and Diego Corzo. Diego, what's up, man? We have another Rat Race to Five member today. Her name is Amanda. She did the Shred My Mortgage uh, concept, which basically her first day at Rat Race to Five, she listened to uh, Adam Carroll. Mm-hmm. Adam Carroll. Uh, yep. Um, Shred My Mortgage. And he took off, she took off like 30, 40, some thousand dollars off her mortgage in the last two 57, months. 57, 57,000, man. Mind blowing. And she also shares how uh, she's been able to, well, she shared how she was able to buy her first property and her job actually cover her mortgage. And then she Airbnb. So she sort of like maximized the house hack strategy to the max. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited for everyone to hear her story. So we'll get started. Yeah, absolutely. Really quick, guys, before we get started, make sure that you head over to ratracetofi.com. Our Rat Race to Fi course is finally out. Uh, it is still on sale, uh, half off till the end of the year. So just make sure you head over to ratracetofi.com for the Rat Race to Fi course. Amanda, welcome to the Rat Race to Fi podcast. I'm actually really excited to have you. Um, I love having Rat Race members and I love just getting people on the podcast that can share some value. A lot of people that listen put into action the things that they learn. Um, so first and foremost, so people know who you are, Amanda, who are you? What do you do? Give us a little background on yourself. Hi. Yeah. Um, my name is Amanda. I am 38. I have, I'm married, been married for about 11 years, uh, two small boys. Well, they're six and eight, I guess they're not small anymore. Um, but, uh, two boys, I was born and raised in Idaho and that's where I live now, just outside of Boise. Um, I spent about 10 years living everywhere, but Idaho (laughs) came back about a year, uh, about a decade ago, about 10 years ago. So, um, yeah, I am in medical device sales as my nine to five, and I've been in sales for about 15 years, most pretty much my entire career. So, yeah. Medical device sales. What does that even mean? Help me out here. <laughs> yeah. So there's several different types of device. Um, medical sales we'll say and so it can be even selling the band-aids and the you know the small consumable supplies Um, i sell capital equipment meaning that there has to be a capex component that's in every line item at every hospital and Mm. so they budget for the types of products that they're buying from me specifically i sell respiratory equipment so Pretty much everyone knows about that over the last couple of years. Um, so I sell emergency intubation equipment um, that has a di- disposable co- component. So there's the capital piece of it that they buy for me. And then there's a disposable c- component, which is kind of the gift that keeps on giving. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a little bit more about what I do. <laughs> that sounds super complicated. I'm not going to lie. I'm going <laughs> to act like I know what any of that means. Uh, but it sounds like it pays well. So we'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> did you go to school for this? Did you go to college to do this? Kind of give us the background of how you fell into this, this, this job. Yeah. Um, so I graduated from, I got my bachelor's degree 
from UNLV in Las Vegas. And um, that was in 2006. And I didn't know, know what I wanted to do with my life. So I moved to England and I lived just outside of London for a little while. And I got my master's degree while I was living there and traveling. And um, so I got to graduate with my master's degree in MBA um, in 2008, which everyone knows when the financial markets took a giant tank. And so I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I kind of fell into sales, um, which is a common theme in my life because I also <laughs> into real estate. <laughs> so I sort of fell into sales and it ended up working out for me and my lifestyle and just kind of how I like to um you know operate my nine to five is really like kind of running your own mini business so um yeah that's kind of how it worked out for me i started in sales because that's pretty much the only um career that was hiring at that time and i just kind of stuck with it that's that's awesome so you got the job you wanted um so far it sounds like you love what you do Tell us a little bit more now how you fell into real estate, what kind of got you involved. Give us give us the spiel on that. Yeah. So I really fell into real estate. Um, I uh, right after my first son was born, I was still doing sales and um, in Idaho, you pretty much have to take on a large territory because everything is really spread out. So I had a large territory. I covered all of Idaho or most of Idaho and some of Montana. Um, and so at that time I was still breastfeeding, um, believe it or not. And um, so I was, I was just uh, trying to figure out how to get my kid breastfed and be gone for a week at the same time. And oh, so my man. mom, what's that? I said, oh man. Yeah, I know all the stuff you guys don't want to hear, but <laughs> um, so anyway, um, I was gone for a week at a time. My mom would come with me. We would be cramped in this hotel room. And so one of the places that I was traveling a lot to had really, um, pretty inexpensive hotel, um, inexpensive um, housing. And so I thought, I'll just buy a house, re get reimbursed from the company. I'll be there like once every six weeks, totally furnish it. And then you have my son and you can, you know, go around the neighborhood and it'll be a nice place. It's a little three bedroom place. And, um, and so we'll just do it that way. And so then it was completely furnished and like, well, this place is, stays empty except for once every six weeks, I should just like put it on Airbnb and like, see what happens, you know, like if I can get a little bit of extra income from it and like help pay some of the, you know, things that I just spent to furnish it, that's great too. Um, and I had no clue. <laughs> I, it took off. This was like five years ago. So, um, I started making quite a bit of money from Airbnb in this small town in Eastern Idaho, which was right across the street from a college. But um, anyway, it um, it took off. And so that kind of got the juices flowing for me. Um, it was really out of a place of necessity for me, trying to figure out how I could still work and have my job and take care of my young son. Um, and so, yeah, that was the first one about five years ago. That's really cool. I quick quick question on the with your with your work. 
did they cover part of the mortgage while you were living there? Yeah, so they actually just paid. I was able to um, have negotiate with my, it was a different company at the time, mm -hmm. but I was able to figure out whatever I, the place I was normally staying in a hotel, mm -hmm. what that nightly rate was, and then use that to reimburse myself. So the property I purchased was $83,000. Mm -hmm. um, or I'm sorry, no, it was $87,000. And I think I started with an $83,000 mortgage. And so anyway, it ended up being like $460 a month um, payment um, in my mortgage. And so it's like maybe 600. So being there once every six weeks, I almost didn't have to pay anything out of pocket. But me and my sales mind I thought maybe I could just make a little extra dough when I'm not here and yeah and so it ended up working out really well that was the one I just sold about a week ago it was my very first property um, outside of um, primary residences that's cool because it sounds like uh, it sounds like if you were house hacking this property but not what not with just like Airbnb, right? But with the money that you were getting from your job, that's not something that a lot of people do. Um, so I feel like this will definitely get the audience like their juices flowing if <laughs> if this is something that they also that their job also offers. Yes, yeah. No, it's uh I was really lucky that it um that it worked out for me. And I like I said, it paid for the mortgage for several years and then Airbnb on top of that just got my mind thinking about, okay, where else could I do this and make this worthwhile? That's where like an entrepreneur's mind goes though, right? Like when we get per diems or where we get like stipends or where we get like <clears throat> uh, living expenses, we're like, how do we maximize this living expense, right? Like those are the mindset of entrepreneurs where like your average person will be like, okay, I get a $50 per diem for dinner where can I go spend $48 and tip two? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, that's where our entrepreneurship, you know, comes from like that mindset is always there. So Amanda, tell us what happened next, right? Like what, what, what how did you keep the, the gas going? Yeah. So after that property and it was on Airbnb, I got a little freaked out um, because I didn't feel like I was very diversified. So I'm like, I just have this one property that's on Airbnb. It's doing well and that's great. But if Airbnb ended tomorrow, um, I'm nervous for what that looks like. So I bought a duplex um, shortly after that. I Well, not shortly. I guess it was like two years, but I took the proceeds from the Airbnb because like I'm clean and straight with um, the property itself. My basically my company was paying for that property. So um, I took the all the proceeds from Airbnb rentals and bought a duplex that needed quite a bit of work, but it was fully rented. Um, full disclosure, I had like zero business buying this place. It was like kind of run by um i don't know you probably would call the guy a slum lord but um anyway i spent about fifty thousand dollars on top of that um the down payment um uh, renovating it and making it up to code and standards that i could be proud of and then so i had those two properties um 
shortly after that, I think it was like a couple months after that is when I took the job that I'm at now, the company I'm at now, and which really um, escalated my income. So I was always in sales before, but my I took a new sales position that um, increased my income quite a bit. So from there, we sold our primary residence, moved a little bit further out of town, bought our fixer upper, lived in it. It had an ADU, like a 550 square foot mother-in-law suite, which is behind the house. And we rented that out on Airbnb while we were in the main house um, living in it and fixing it up. So we put about $30,000 into the main property. Um, And it's near where my my husband's a baseball coach for college. So um, we fixed it up. It's right near where the college um, in the town that we live in is. And so we already knew that we were going to have six tenants. We it's a six bedroom house. It's like an old house. So it had the basement that we had egress windows put in a main floor and then an attic that was converted. So six bedrooms, six leases from six baseball guys. <laughs> Plus Man, the so like, <laughs> it, it's interesting, right? Because <clears throat> you didn't take the traditional route so far of real estate investing. Like a lot of people are like, buy a single family, rent it, burr it, or a line of credit, buy the next one, right? Like, it sounds like you did it a little unconventionally, but it's <laughs> working for you. And this is what I love about this story is that there's no one right answer, right? In school, we're taught, like there's one answer. It's either A, B, C, or D. And you got to show how you did that. And I was terrible at this. I could get the right answer, but I couldn't explain it because sometimes I cheated. But <laughs> I could never explain how I got the answer, but I knew that I got it. And this was my problem when I started in real estate, Amanda, is I actually, this is, I know this is going to sound so backwards. I started real estate investing with Airbnb when it, like, like in the beginning. And I was making a lot of money but I was reading a lot of books too. And they were telling me that traditional buy a property, rent it out. Like that's how you're supposed to be investing. Mm-hmm. And I did, I literally took the house that I was making a lot of money on Airbnb, got it off of Airbnb and went traditional renting, made less money. <laughs> and I thought that's what you were supposed to do. Cause I didn't know any better. Yeah. So I love that you're giving us an untraditional way of investing in real estate that definitely worked for you. So I'm super excited to hear that. And then you were a mom, like you were breastfeeding during this time. And Yeah. I mean, yeah. Plus the full-time job. My husband asked me regularly if my brain ever stops. And I'm like, I don't think so. I'm not you're sure. Like, no. <laughs> not that I can remember. Uh, yeah. I just kind of have that. Uh, I need to keep a project going. I need to yeah. have something in the works um so anyway yeah so that the property that we lived in we moved out of about a year ago um because we were we had already um had the contract going for the build for our dream home so while we were renovating that property and like pretty much i mean we weren't going on vacation we weren't we didn't have like fancy anything like everything that I made everything was being reinvested back into the business and so I mean I was even like nickel and diming like the grocery list you know all that kind of stuff so that's where this this was all going in those uh, 
to the business and to um, housing and getting this off off the ground. So anyway, we signed the contract um, about when we moved uh, the contract for the dream home, when we moved into the house that we were renovating while we were living in and then renting out the mother-in-law suite on Airbnb. So the mother-in-law suite's been running for a while. The guys in the, um, the six guys that live in, we call it, reference it as the baseball house. Um, so six baseball guys live there and they each are on their own separate leases. So if one breaks their lease, it doesn't mess with anybody else, but then obviously there's a premium to that. So, um, so anyway, so then the pandemic hits and, um, you guys aren't from Idaho and I don't know if you know much about what's going on in Idaho. I think it's probably pretty similar to Texas, but so many people have moved here. (laughs) So many people. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. It's actually been really great for my, for my business and for real estate because Airbnb is just going crazy here and housing prices have gone up quite a bit. And so that really increased the value of everything that I had here, like pretty significantly over the past year and a half. Um, So anyway, we moved into the dream home about a year ago, um, just a little over a year ago. And me being the frugal person that I am, I was real stressed about the, the mortgage that we just took on. So it was like, well, we can pay for it. Of course we can pay for it. It wasn't about that. It was just about trying to find a way to um, continue to reinvest in the business and not feel like we just plateaued and because we're in our dream home like we don't have to do anything else and we can just coast so that's kind of where I found rat race um to fight and I mean I'd always been following um Felipe and I had listened to other podcasts that he had hosted and um so it'd been a long time coming to where it's like this is the year I need to take action because I am in you know, this comfy space, I'm selling respiratory equipment, like, you know, ice to an Eskimo, like, that's like, everyone needs it, you know, right now, I'm in the hospital space. And I'm in my dream home. And this is really where you could get it complacent. And I'm not in that space yet. So um, yeah, that's kind of where I found rat race and wanted to just feel more accountable to what I was doing and taking action. I love that. And sorry to butt in Diego. I know you, I think you were going to try to jump on, but before we get to how you found rat race and, and what value it's given you really quick, I want to touch on this. So I love that you said you don't want to get complacent because I don't know if anybody here listening played video games, but that's when you die. Not literally like, but in a video game, the moment you stop, you get shot, you get, you know, you, you lose, you get tackled, whatever. Right. So you always got to keep momentum going And like with you, with what you're doing, you got the job, you got a little bit of real estate, you know, you got the family, you have the picture perfect. It's easy for you to say, okay, I'm I'm done. I'm good. I've made it. I can just coast. Like I'm great. But anyone that's been investing for any amount of time knows that like, that's going to, that's, what's going to kill your business. And that happened a lot in during COVID ever. A lot of people that were just coasting COVID hit and then bam, jobs lost, um, properties gone, um, people that were coasting on Airbnb got shut down. Like 
you you can't ever assume that it's safe. You always have to play it as if tomorrow's meal is not promised, right? That's a saying that we have in Mexico. Like you have to work today, like your meal is not, you know, like you're not going to get that lunch is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, so you got to stay hungry. You got to keep growing. Um, anything in this world that stops growing starts dying. That's just the nature of the beast. Um, so I think that's awesome that you're not complacent. You don't want to be complacent. Um, you told your husband that your brain doesn't start working. I think that's hilarious. Cause I tell my wife that all the time, my wife is my rock. Uh, and she's like, babe, don't you get tired? I'm like, no, not really. I don't know. Hunger. I definitely is... get tired, but my brain just doesn't stop anyway. So. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, so, okay. So you found rat race. Um, what is Rat Race to you and how has it helped you? I mean, I just kind of want to get, because Diego and I have been hosting Rat Race for a year, year and a half now, but we don't always get to hear the stories from everyone in Rat Race of how it's helped them change their life. So tell us how you found Rat Race, uh, why you decided to join the group um, and what you've, what you've learned and what, what's the biggest action that you've taken since then? Yeah, so I started Rat Race about two months ago, um, just a little over two months ago. So I'm still fairly new and still trying to learn. Um, I'm excited to go to the conference in December. So um, yeah, um, yeah. So the very first, I mean, I've learned a ton for for sure. There's been lots of note taking going on over here, but the very first um, call that we had with a guest speaker was Adam Carroll's, um, um, it's called um, Shred, Shred My, my, mortgage. Shred my yeah. mortgage, yeah, yeah. and um, he has like a master, mastery of something, well, yeah, of thank wealth. you, master, thank you, yeah. <laughs> master of wealth, yeah, but um, he was talking, this particular day, he was talking about Shred My Mortgage, which that, is, wait, that was your first rat race call, Shred My Mortgage? Dude, oh my god, like what a way to start! Mind blowing, <laughs> and my mind was blown. And I feel like I'm fairly good with numbers, that's never anything that has like been yeah. complicated to me. And even, I mean, I was reeling for till like two in the morning, and I was just researching everything I could. And I had he has like four days where he'll send you in an introductory email, like four days where he'll send you a little like tidbit and like, just let it drip drop out. I watched all four days within like a couple hours. I just couldn't, I understood it, but I couldn't get my mind completely around it. And so timing worked out really well to be able to take action very quickly because I was already in the process of getting a um, HELOC, home equity line of credit. And so that was closing like within a couple of days, like the timing just couldn't have been more perfect. So look at God. Yeah. <laughs> and my HELOC was going to be for 125,000. So I thought, well, I will just pre-elect like 15,000 to this whole process and I see how it works. Um, and I now have elected 35,000 <laughs> to the process because I've seen how it, how well it works. And the rest of it is for um, taking action within real estate. What is what is Shred My Mortgage? Can, for those yeah. that are listening, can you give us a 30,000th view of what yeah. you understood? Yeah. So, well, what I understood at the beginning was hardly anything. <laughs> what I understand to be true now is yes. that Essentially, Shred My Mortgage is a way that you can move money around 
to your advantage based on the way that um, that, uh, loan products have set up their funding, the way they get paid. So you're essentially moving money from a complex interest, um, compound interest on an amortized schedule. So if you've ever bought a car, you've ever bought a house, something, a bigger ticket item that usually comes on an amortized schedule. Um, And you're moving big chunks of money to a simple interest schedule. And like a HELOC is interest only. So just for rough numbers, um, I've been doing it for about two months, just a little over two months. I had to go back and look at the date and I'm even shocked myself. Um, But uh, I've been able to pay 57,000 down on my mortgage Um, and doing the calculations. I think I've paid, I wrote it down here. Um, I've been able to save um, $85,000 in interest by moving further. It's essentially just how far can you move down the amortization schedule on your mortgage? Now, so, um, I'm going to pause you really quick. Yeah. You're using the HELOC to pay off your mortgage, but then you're using your cash to pay off the HELOC. Now, right. somebody, uh, I just got an Airbnb booking. Yay. But somebody right now could it's be, the thinking, best oh, well, you still owe the money, right? You're not really shredding your mortgage. But what you're explaining mm-hmm. is you're using the HELOC money to pay off the mortgage. And let's say that you're, you're, you're taking off five years of mortgage payments. Now you still owe that money, but you're not paying the interest on five years worth of mortgage. Now you're just paying down the HELOC. Yeah. So not to mention though, um, I am paying more toward my mortgage now because I've seen how well this can work and how quickly it can work. So you don't have to, that's not, that's not a requirement of finding success um, with this process, but because I'm allocating quite a bit more of my income through this process, um, we're going to be able to pay off our mortgage. We're at 3.66 years now. When we started, it was 3.75 years. So we're at 3.66 and we'll save overall $300,000 in interest. Now, Um, I agree with this for everyone listening, guys. I agree with this because she's not paying down rental property yet, but this is to each his own, but mortgage where you live is not an asset. In my opinion, before I get shot at here, (laughs) in my opinion, your mortgage is not an asset. It is taking money out of your pocket when, uh, I mean, this is 101 Robert Kiyosaki, right? Rental properties pay you cash flow. they're assets. I wouldn't not pay those down by myself. Like I would let my tenants do that. But where I live, where my head sleeps is not an asset. And I do agree with paying that down quickly um, because it's not giving you monthly cash flow, right? So I completely agree with you, Amanda. And this is kind of a hot take. I mean, you see left and right where people say, don't pay off your mortgage early. This is, you know, um, it's the cheapest money you'll ever get. And I just happen to disagree because I see um, that I was paying $1,800 a month in interest alone. Yeah. Um, so $1,800 a month in interest that could be going to, toward, um, in your pocket, rental cash property. flow that you're giving up. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, and you know, I probably have a unique situation. We got a pretty sizable mortgage. Um, you know, like I said, it was a, a dream home. Um, we have quite a bit of equity in it now. Um, but yeah, it's just something that I am seeing the light at the end of the tunnel much quicker. And we don't take any money out of the the business or any of our rental properties at this time. So my plans are probably to actually move some of this to the rental side of our business and do the shred my mortgage. Because right now I have a lot of um, sometimes just cash sitting in, um, sitting in on the rental side of the business. We have completely separate, um, you know, banking information for, the business and it sits over there in cash as reserves. Well, if I can put it through to a HELOC and use part of my HELOC as cash reserves and run it through to shred the mortgage on that side, I'm just going to be able to buy more properties that much quicker. You know, it's funny, Amanda. Um, I've been preaching HELOCs for about a year to rat race. <laughs> and this Diego is going to laugh at this because everyone's like, yeah, yeah. Felipe is again with his HELOC rant. And I'm like, no guys, like I'm not good at explaining this, but just get you a HELOC on your equity. And then Adam Carroll comes in in his little <laughs> nice tie and, you know, or looking all fancy and he's all like, so this is how you use the HELOC and everyone goes and gets a HELOC. And I'm just sitting there like, okay, whatever. Like I've been preaching this for the last year. <laughs> hey, you know what? Sometimes it takes three or four or five or 20 times for somebody to hear something before it starts clicking. We all know that in sales, right? So um, yeah, so I mean, it, it is something that I'm evaluating for the business primarily because I don't take, we don't take any money. We don't use any money from the business to operate our lives. Um, it's, it's not cash flow is cash flow straight back into the business. So all of our personal, um, you know, spending comes from our W-2s. But the goal for me is to make work optional by the time I'm 50 I'm 38, I, I have 12 years to go. Um, and it doesn't mean I'll never work again. My husband says my brain doesn't shut off. So that's probably not a thing, but right. if I can leave my W2 in 12 years, um, or less, um, that's the goal is to, if it know, takes you 12 years, I don't think rat race did its job. Give <laughs> us two, give us two years. Well, yeah. I, I still love getting all those tax, uh, tax advantaged accounts. So like the mega backdoor Roths and the 401ks that are matched and the, all you know, the so stuff. there's that side of things for me too. And I really do still like what I do for work on a day-to-day -day basis. I just really love, you know, I love real estate too. So I'm trying to juggle it both. <laughs> Yeah, I like that you have you're very well diversified too from the real estate. You have a high paying job as well, and you're taking care of all the tax deductions too that come from from the retirement accounts. Now, what is going to be so? What's going to happen once you pay off your house? What What's next? Yeah, like so how how are you going to allocate your funds? Yeah. So as you go through this process of shred my mortgage. And again, I'm only two months in, but I've seen a good chunk of success already from it. So um, the idea behind it is that you can continue asking for more HELOC because you just had your home appraised and 
the home appraisal was set at a certain amount, that's only going to fluctuate a, a certain amount up or down. So um, you can use that to ask for more HELOC when you're doing bigger pay downs. So in a year from now, when I'm, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or a hundred plus thousand dollars down, um, I can ask for a bigger HELOC and then continue buying more properties. So right now that's where, you know, the two properties that we're purchasing one tomorrow and then another one a week from now, those were all in 1031 exchanges from that first property that I told you about at the beginning. Um, so we'll use that for um, the down payment, but I'll be furnishing, doing some renovations. Um, those will be between those two properties. Those will be four doors. So um, a lot of furnishing going on um, to put some of those on Airbnb. And I'm going to be using the HELOC for that um, and the renovations as well. It's cool. So, so Amanda, do you know about the refinancing strategy that a lot of people do, the Burr strategy? I have heard of the Burr strategy. Um, I haven't done one before. Um, so it sounds like you. I think earlier you said you're a numbers numbers gal. Um, did you uh, ever like go line of credit versus Burr? Like, did you decide uh, which route you wanted to take based on numbers, or were you just like, oh, I like HELOC because I, I've I've heard more about this strategy. Um, no, I've heard about the Burr. Uh, the Burr strategy, I don't know if it's for me specifically. Um, I seems like a lot of people have gotten quite a bit of success from Burr. Um, it's just that I'm not buying properties that have that much distress in it. Mm -hmm. um, again, I have a W two job, so. I'm not the one that's out there like doing some of the the awesome work it is to find these off-market properties and really grind it out because I have um, other competing priorities like a family and a W-2. And so I'm finding ones that need a little bit of work, but not, you know, $20,000, $30,000 worth of work, but not complete makeovers to where they're able to see um, all of this realized value from doing these right. renovations, like good for you. That's great. And maybe that's something that I'll do down the road, but for now, it's not something that I think that I'm, um, have the bandwidth for. Got it. So what's goals next year? What do you see happening? Um, where, how do you see, uh, yourself investing? What else is rat race going to do for you? Give us next year goals. Yeah. So in addition to getting the properties I'm purchasing in the next couple of weeks up and running by the end of this year, I yeah. also have a cabin in the works. Um, it's here in Idaho, just about mm -hmm. 45 minutes away. Cool. Um, and that I always kind of felt like this was going to be like, I made it quote unquote, like if I have a cabin that I can use when I want to, and then like I give everything a job. So of course it's going to be on Airbnb. People ask me like, Oh, is it going to be on Airbnb? Or of course it is. Yourself? I'm like, Oh no, it's all has, it all has a job. Um, so that is the cabin will be done uh, or starting in the spring of 2022. Um, and then it should be done by summer. Um, so 
beyond that, I'm just trying to stay on top of things, not get complacent. I'm trying to learn more about some of these other strategies with um, finding our off-market deals, wholesaling, um, learning from other people that are doing STRs, um, and just trying to stay accountable with the stuff I have right in front of me, keeping that firing in all um, cylinders while um, also keeping um, my mind open to new things. I mean, I would have never known about Chardonnay Mortgage had it been for your guys's um, program through Rat Race Defy and being a part of this community. Um, so yeah, that's a big goal of mine. And then just also learning, um, learning from other people, like learning other people in the group. I've not met too many people yet. So like I said, that's why I'm excited to go in December and kind of um, get myself um, lined up my goals lined up with where I think I need to be. I'm not very good at doing goal setting. So I guess that's one thing I'm looking forward to in December. I'm going to, I'm going to take this moment to blame the 12 year goal versus two or three year goal on that. You have to be able to set goals. Diego has drilled this into rat race into my mind. If yeah. you give yourself 12 years, Amanda, it's going to take 12 years. If you <laughs> give yourself three, yeah, it's going to take three. I'll let Diego yeah. expand on that a little more. Well, yeah, because uh, it's really important to know at the end of the day that what you said that in 12 years, you want to have the choice to work, right? Yeah. But I feel that if you do set that goal of I'm going to do it in three or I'm going to do it in five, right. you will feel, you will see that the resourcefulness Right. part is going to take place just in conversations because you're a little bit more hungry and yeah. when you're a little bit more hungry opportunity magically shows up yeah. and it's not because it's magic right but it's because you're taking right. the action right uh but, and i really feel like what you were saying about the complacency yeah uh i feel like by you surrounding yourself with like-minded people with people that are like we're going to have a kick-ass year in 2022, like let's yeah. go. I feel like that's definitely going to be able to escalate yeah. the, all of the progress that, that, that you can do and get to the shrink from 12 years to like five um, to having that choice to work. Not saying that you're right. going to quit in five years, right. Uh, right. but having that choice, I feel like you can do it faster. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah, goal setting is something like I set goals October of last year for 2021. And then by February, I had hit every goal. So I'm like, oof. Yeah. That wasn't a big enough dream. <laughs> yeah. And well, and and I feel like the in uh with the right group, right? You get to challenge each other. Absolutely. And yeah. you get to be like, hey, you can probably 10x this or maybe yeah. 5x it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 right about that for sure. That's yeah, awesome. it's, it's interesting because like action and taking action and my and 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 taking the next step forward, I'm huge on. I'm not so big on like mindset, but I'm but I'm learning that like mindset and goal setting have to go hand in hand with action, right? Because you don't want to go hundred miles an hour in the wrong direction because you didn't set the right goal. A lot right. of people will be like, yeah, man, I, I, I did a hundred miles today. Right. Or whatever. Right. But it's like, but did that actually get you a hundred miles closer to your goal? Or did you just run a hundred miles? You know what I'm saying? Like you right. have to make sure that you have that vision of, of where right. you're going. So yeah, super I'm looking exciting for about that. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting that more dialed in and having a better understanding of, you know, what is it that I really want and what what does that look like for me? Because you're right, I'm not your typical um, investor and I don't have, like, we're all different, right? But um, I didn't come around it from uh, like a normal space and I don't think I'm on the same journey as a lot of other people. So trying to find what that looks like for me and how to, like, I'm not, I'm not interested in a hundred properties. I've never been interested in a hundred. I want to have like five, seven paid off properties paid off that I can just not have to worry about and can, and, and can just go live my life and go watch my kids play sports and, and, you know, travel around if they're playing in college. I could, that's, I guess that's where that 50 years old number came from. It's like my kids will be in college by that time. And so I want to see them go do their thing. So the real goal is be rich when the kids are gone so that you can enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at that. Oh, I'm pretty no, I'm rich just, now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> so man, there's just so much information here. I want everyone to go back and listen to this episode because, like, you know, mom, wife, uh, you know, you never let any of this be an excuse as to why you can't invest, why you can't join a mastermind that's gonna keep you accountable, why you can't like take action on HELOCs and put strategies that you're learning in rat race into play. I think this is awesome and and I applaud you. Uh, I'm a huge advocate of like women getting into investing because it's such a male dominated like platform. Um, And I was raised by a single mom and I saw my mom invest. Um, My mom bought one house and one mobile home and that's like all of her investing. And right now she has three mobile homes and one house. Like that's all she's been able to do um, because my mom's like a first generation immigrant to this country and like just doesn't wasn't able to invest because she had three kids and a husband and then divorce and like, like life really got in the way. Now, obviously I was able to do a lot more, you know, thank God and her. Um, but I'm like, no, you know, I, I think that women don't need to take a back seat. I think women need to take a front row seat, freaking get in there and just crush it. And I love seeing, um, you killing it. And, and especially cause you're in rat race. So I love that we can support you in that. And if there's anything else we can do, definitely let us know, um, to keep you accountable and keep you pushing. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on Rat Race and and kind of giving your knowledge. I know that at the beginning you said you were a little nervous, but I promise you that for everyone, not just women, but everyone listening, um, they're going to get some value from it. And and hopefully you change just one person's life. And and that's enough to where they can maybe reach out to you and say, whoa, what is shred my mortgage? Like, how do I do that? I have a line of credit. I didn't know I could do this, that, the other. So that being said, where can people reach out to you, Amanda, who want to kind of follow in your footsteps? Yeah. So I'm not overly active on Instagram, but I'm going, that's one of my action items going forward. So I created a new Instagram that's dedicated to my um, journey Awesome. and it's she's underscore Henry underscore on underscore fire. So she's Henry on fire. I love it. Henry meaning high earner, not rich yet. Oh, um, that's cool. So I like it. She's Henry on fire with underscores in between each one. I haven't posted yet. So hopefully by this, by the time this podcast airs, I'll have something posted. (laughs) You'll have to post something. I love that. Okay. I need to get my rat race circle on that one too. So there we go. We'll do it. (laughs) We'll give you some followers and you will see that as soon as long as, as you're sharing your story, 
all of your stories, right, on Instagram, your posts and everything, you will inspire other people to continue follow on that journey if they're hungry enough to do it. So well, definitely you share. inspire me. I guess I should have also said that too, just your stories and um, being Diego, being a dreamer and Felipe, your story and, and hearing about it. Um, that's, that's also why it led me to rat races. Like, Hey, if these guys can do it and they've seen all of this, um, you know, roadblocks put up, like what's my excuse. <laughs> I love that's that. Awesome. And that's exactly that's awesome. what we're out to do. We're out to inspire other people to know that, um, it's not fair. The, this, this road of investing is not fair for everyone. And, and it's, 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 it's obvious, right? Some people can get ahead a lot quicker and some people can't, but I'm out to tell people that it's not an excuse. Your gender, your nationality, where you were born, like you, you, at some point you cannot use that as an excuse. And uh, Diego knows this. One of my favorite quotes from Diego is if there's not a door for you climb through the window. Right. And that's just a can do attitude. Uh, and I feel like that's what you have. So I think that's awesome. Uh, I'm so glad you came on the rat race to fight podcast to encourage other people to do what you're doing um and a mom crushing it so kudos to you thank you so much for coming on the podcast appreciate it thank you amanda take care take care bye the rap race to five podcast where we discuss money mindset real estate investing and ways to achieve financial independence whether you are a rookie or a veteran needing new ideas for investing or creating side hustles you're in the right place